Blog Talk Radio. The Lord is my shepherd, I have no need, He makes me lie down and rest. He leads me beside waters of peace, where my soul can be refreshed. He leads me down past. Your rod and your 
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Portico of Solomon. Here again with my brothers uh, to discuss what we've been reading, get a little bit into the Word, explore it, look for the prophetical implications, as we're supposed to do. So I've got I've got some of my brothers online. Um, sent out a few messages to uh, get everyone on board, and. Uh, if we can get whoever's listening in to kind of give me a little audio check, make sure that we're doing good, and I will get my brothers on right quick. Welcome to the Portico of Solomon. Who, who do we have on here? Hey, this is Tim. Hey, Tim. How's it going? Good. Can you hear me okay? <clears throat> yes, I can. You're coming through all right. And uh, let me know. Let me know how how my audio is as well. Uh, I'm glad to have you here. Glad that you uh, called this meeting to order. Um, lots of good stuff here that we're going to cover. Uh, the fountains of the deep, something that you were looking into, and something that you want you felt that we should share with everyone. So, let's see uh, who else we have on board. Hey, Matthew. Hello, you? hello, hello. It is how indeed. It's good to be. I am great. I uh, hope everybody's faring well. Um, got a lot yep. to talk about today, and uh, hey, man. I don't know what I, I don't know what made Tim come up with this uh, study that we got going on here. But uh, the note that you sent us all uh, there about this particular word, I'm quite interested to look into. And you know what? Altogether, I'm just excited to be here. So um, I know that uh, JMG's on his way as well. So uh, I think we're going to have a blast today talking about scripture in a different light. Uh, most people don't peer as deeply as we do, uh, but there are certainly things that uh, – well, all the good stuff always swims below the surface, don't it? Amen. <laughs> Interesting way to put it. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> So we got, we got one more person on the switchboard. Let, let, let me check and see if this is one of our brothers here, just a listener, real quick. Uh, hi, welcome to the Portico of Solomon. Who's this? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. No. This is John? Oh, cool. Yeah. No? Hey, hey, John. What's going on, guys? How's it going, man? Pretty good. Awesome over here. Can you guys hear me clear? Yeah, you're coming through nice and clear. Real good. Okay, cool. Nice. So, uh, yeah. you're, are you um, pretty much settled in from your big move, John, or still still things working themselves yeah, out up there? We're pretty we're pretty settled in. We're just waiting on uh, you know these last checks to you know finalize out. We still got a lot of little bills to catch up on with all the help that we got from you know our brothers and sisters and my family and stuff. So yeah, I mean, God's good. Um, my new position is, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I love what I do. I'm blessed. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Um, you know, glad, glad that that relocation event for you went well. Glad that your, your bride and your son are doing well. Um, that's all, that's all we can ask for, right? That's all, that's all the Lord has promised us. So, uh, your, your little, uh, example there, I think is, uh, is, is, quite quite amazing to me 
um, just hear just hearing your story and just I mean I've never I haven't talked to you personally about what you've been going through, but just the messages I've been receiving, um, you know, just kind of yeah. has a lot of interesting parallels from from what I read uh, in scripture, if you know what I mean. Oh, oh yeah, my my uh, whole situation reminds me a lot of uh, Abraham. Uh, you're told to go somewhere without knowing what the land is like, and uh, you just gotta go. You don't ask questions. You just need to get up and do what God said. So. Kind of what I did. Amen. Amen. <laughs> may, may it be as you have said, John. May it be as you have said. May, may we all be as faithful as uh, as our father Abraham. Uh, I think Scripture says a little something about that. So, Amen. well, uh, Tim, uh, we, we've got we've got John Sartwell, AOD. He's trying to get on right now, um, so he he'll, he'll be on here shortly to help us out. And uh, I want to hand it over to you a little bit. Um, Discuss what caught your eye with this little study, and uh, and go from there. Sound good? Now wait a minute. I okay. I call foul. <laughs> All right. Um, we we obviously need to pray first. Uh, we got something really dire on our plate here. Um, we we have a sibling uh, down in Texas. Her name's Rosie. And uh, I guess we've all jumped on board of a time machine, and we've all been taken back to Nazi Germany. Because uh, Rosie needs your prayers. Uh, Now, to the best of my ability, I do believe I've been authorized to pass this along publicly. She has uh, uh, become sick. And I am going to read for you the stipulations um, right straight from her orders. Number one, keep all appointments with clinical staff as instructed. Number two, follow all medical instructions from your physician or clinic staff regarding treatment for your tuberculosis. Come to the public health clinic or an approved location in time for taking observed therapy. Do not return to work or school until authorized by your clinic physician. Do not allow anyone other than those living with you or your health department staff into your home until authorized. Do not leave your home except authorized by the clinic physician. Special orders. You must understand, initial, and follow these instructions on the back of this order. This order will be uh, effective until date given. And ladies and gentlemen, it says that if she does not follow these directives, she will be arrested. So uh, one of our siblings have been put under house arrest under pain of incarceration. Now, I know that all of you was underneath the impression that we were all free. Oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. I mean, most people don't readily understand that even if you do have the deed to your house, it's not your house. If you don't pay your taxes every year, if you don't pay the Nazis their rent, they will take it from you. So, um, of course, 
We need to pray for her health. Uh, that's a given. But uh, we need to plead to the Lord our God that the Spirit might remind her that she is free indeed. And it doesn't matter under which stipulation he chooses to promote us into the ever life. Make no mistakes about it. We have a place prepared for us, whether on this side of the tribulation trigger or the other. Abraham's bosom doth await if we be faithful, just like was spoken of here just a very few minutes ago. So we definitely need to, to you know, not only pray for healing that goes without saying. We need to pray for comfort and ease in case this is the Lord's decision. Uh, that Rosie go home. But we also need to pray that the Holy Spirit might remind her that she is free. And these God-haters can do nothing about it. They really can't do anything about it. So we need to start out with prayer, obviously. Um... And uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more prayer requests than that. Um, we need to obviously uh, pray for JMG's wife. Uh, very difficult. Moving with child, relocating with child. Of course, what's the very first thing that is on a woman's plate? <laughs> of course, where are the other mothers at? Um, it's, it's very important uh, for the women to socialize, of course. So we realize this type of life-altering event has its impact on those that matter the most. So there's there's two prayer requests we got right up front. Who else can add to the list? Well, how about your hand? I mean, that you're you're right on point with where I was going to go next. Is say we need to pray. Uh, we need to pray for Matthew's hand. We need to pray for uh, Matthew's uh, financial situation because, of course, you labor daily and if you don't have a hand that's working it's impossible for you to do that um, so I'm I will add that to the list well I'll permit you to add that to the list but I really don't care all right I don't I don't know why everybody's thinking that it's my hand did I make it was it not always his to give and to take as he see fit? I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I've said this a billion times. I don't have water because I'm thirsty. And I don't eat because I'm hungry. I do those things because that's his good graces to me. It's everybody else that's confused about their situation, not me. Am I in pain? Yes. But the thoughts of Rosie supersedes my pain. It makes my pain a joke and irrelevant. And on the very day I was born, I was quite incapable of taking care of myself financially. The day that I die, I assure you, 
I will be quite incapable of taking care of myself financially. No, the Lord, he is God, and he has promised his children, which include all my siblings, the first and foremost today being Rosie, to take care of all of us lock, stock, and barrel. But I will permit you to pray for me only because I understand that you are provoked emotionally to do so. But I don't want anybody to think about me. You think about Rosie. Her value outweighs me by orders of magnitude that are well beyond your comprehension. I am the least of these. So, anybody else? Uh, I'm sure that uh, everybody's well aware of situations that need prayer. Um, Jose, what about you? Yeah, Matthew, I've got uh, two mothers over here uh, real close to me um, that are going through uh, pretty much divorces at this time. Lots of pain, lots of struggle, lots of uh, worry. Um, their situations have been bad for a while now, and it's just finally coming to a head. So they need a lot of guidance and a lot of, a lot of support at this moment. Amen. Amen. AOD, you got anything, or is, is he on the switchboard yet? Yeah, he's still having trouble trying to get on. Um, he says he's on the queue, but I can't see him, so I'm not sure what's going on here. I might have to add him um, onto this, onto my call, see if I can do that. So yeah, that's, we'll, that's we'll, we'll no problem. We've, yeah, we've, we've done that before. Um, multiple ones of us have just added him to their call, so yeah. Uh, don't lose heart, ladies and gentlemen. AOD will be here soon enough. So is that all the prayer list we got going on, or does, did somebody check the chat room? Maybe there's prayer requests going on in there we don't know about. Yep, nothing in the chat yet. Um, nothing in the uh, in the Ecclesia chat either. So we should definitely that remember might be those. In, right uh, now. I believe Louisiana, right, with those floods. Amen. Yeah, we 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 definitely need to remember. I mean, I, I know it probably comes to everybody's surprise, but I'm sure God has children in that location. Um, Ripley's, believe it or not, I guess. Uh, but yeah, and thanks for bringing that up. You know, it, it's amazing how sometimes you forget the absolute obvious. Um, man, makes us all look like idiots. Uh, yeah, we've got major devastation. Uh, not only there, uh, of course, Italy was simultaneously hit uh, with an earthquake as well as a place where there are temples, uh, but two major earthquakes in one day in different parts of the planet. So, yeah, we need to remember them, and and you know what? The woman in distress, no matter where she is, uh, we certainly need to remember that. So thanks, JMG. Hello? 
Hello? It, yes. You on there, AOD? Hello. You're up, AOD. Yeah. Any further prayer questions, buddy? Oh, no. Women and children in transition and the usual. All right, then, buddy. You're elected to pray. I hear an echo here. Father, we come before you in Jesus' holy name. We thank you for all of our brothers and sisters. We thank you for your will being done in all of our lives and that our steps are ordered by you. Father, the main things on my heart is that you have our backs and that everything is covered, but we lift up those children and the women, Father, in transition. We pray that their flight will not be in winter nor on your Sabbath. Do you guys have anything else to pray about? Um, and then, we need to pray for Rosie, and we need to pray for mothers uh, associated in the location with uh, with Jose. Matthew's hand. Okay, someone lift that up. Yeah, let, let me go ahead and jump in here, guys. Um, Father, uh, let me join my brother John in prayer. Let me pray for our sister Rosie. Lord, she's going through a very difficult time right now. Very confusing, very troubling, almost to where she feels alone. She feels set apart. Lord, not only having to deal with her health issues, but also having to deal with an oppressive system that's that's trying to break her spirit. And Father, I ask that you lift her up. I ask that you... Let her know that we are here praying for her. Father, I ask that you heal her. Let her come through this situation stronger, as you always do through all our troubles. Father, I ask that this be a warning to the, to the family, to the ecclesia, to our brothers and sisters around the world about what's coming upon us. These events are going to transpire more and more where your steps will be dictated by those in power above you. And Lord, I just ask that you remind us that you are there, that you are, we are heading towards your son and towards our redemption. Father, I pray for those mothers here in my location who are going through a separation from their husbands. Lord, only you know their heart. Lord, only you know what they should be doing. And I ask that you guide them, you support them. Lord, that you let them plead for help when necessary. These women that I'm speaking of oftentimes don't want to be a pain and a burden to those around them, so they keep their troubles quiet. Lord, I ask that you have them cry out for help when they when they need it. Do my uh, my brothers have anyone else they want to add to this prayer? Good on my Tim? end. I'm good. All right. Lord, we ask these things in the name of your Son Jesus Christ. 
Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> so, conveniently, Matthew, you got left out. What do you think about that? Oh, you forgot who was in charge? <laughs> hey, I mean, I was, I, uh, I was, I, I was look, saying what came to my mind, and and, and uh, somehow uh, yeah. you slipped it. So that's that's uh, I'm 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 uh I'm not crying uh or what's it called? I'm uh I'm pleading uh, innocent right there. <laughs> well, good. I mean, and may this be a great lesson to everybody as to who's important to the Lord our God. Okay, don't don't think that the Holy Spirit isn't in charge here. Don't even presume to assume that. He prayed for who he wanted prayed for. Amen. Hallelujah, amen, Matthew. Hallelujah, amen. All right, let's get into Boy. this, guys. Yep. We we do I have an echo guys, going but... on. Uh-huh. Do you John, guys hear the hey echo? Yeah, I think that's AMG me and John. Um, AOD, can, can you mute yourself? And then when you want to jump on, just jump on. Um, but I think if you mute yourself, it might kill that echo a little bit, John. AOD, you hear me? Nope, it's still on. Uh, JMG, are you listening to the show while you're on the phone? No, sir. I'm just uh, on the phone. That's okay. it. All right. Okay. Well, then we'll deal with it, won't we? But remember, everybody on the phone right now, you can't listen to the show at the same time because you'll hear an echo from the show. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Um, let's get this shindig on. Thames, get into the saddle here. Uh, you know, we're all just riding shotgun on your thoughts. So, Thames, let's talk about it. Amen. Um, <clears throat> well, thank you, uh, brothers, for being so faithful. Uh, I reached out to Matthew and Jose both uh, middle of the week to talk about some of these things privately. And, um, you know, and I said, well, let's go ahead and do a show and let's see if uh, John Gomez and AOD would like to come on with us. And everybody just at, at every step of the way made themselves available and uh, as you can probably hear in my voice, my allergies are bothering me. And on Friday night, I just I wasn't up for it and had to change it. So I appreciate just how accommodating everyone has been to do the show. Um, what I want to start off with with saying is, is in the in the build up to thinking about coming on the air, um, I want to make it clear to everybody that the things I'm going to talk about, the things that we're going to discuss today, are rooted in the Word of God. Um, but in some cases, some of the things that I'm thinking um, are not 100% cooked yet. Um, I'm not – everything that comes out of my mouth today is not going to be thus saith the Lord. Some of it's going to be what I think or what I'm leaning towards in terms of my comprehension. And I just want to say that from my perspective, that's an okay thing because if you spend your time – meditating on the word of God, as you're learning about your father, your thoughts aren't always complete. There are going to be times when, as you're learning a new subject, when, where you have an incomplete set of, of information. And that's okay. 
because as long as you're not leaning on your own understanding, as long as you're seeking the word of God, and as long as you understand uh, the approach that you're taking to get that information, uh, you're going to be okay because you're going to recognize your father's voice and he's going to continue to uh, lead you to where it is that you need to go. Um, the other thing I want to say is, is that, you know, some of these, well, the, the core underlying theme that we're going to discuss today is one which is, it's a, it's a prime principle in uh, theology. Uh, where do you come from? And in most cases, people are giving a, a, an answer which they've heard in church or they've heard other people say, but if you were to ask them where in Scripture they're coming up with that answer, they couldn't tell you. And more importantly, if you actually were to look at Scripture, you would find that many of the things that you're saying when you discuss this particular topic are contrary to what the Word of God actually says. And it's important that we match up what we think with what God's Word says. Uh, because if we're not doing that, we're not continuing to grow. We're not continuing to become more like him. And that, that's an important process. It's a transformation. It doesn't happen instantly. It occurs over time. And it's a good thing to meditate on these things. You know, in many cases over this past summer, my daughter has been asking me tons of questions on this subject. You know, she, her and I have discussed the Trinity a little bit. And, you know, for an eight-year-old, that's a very difficult concept. But I've been able to tie it back and say, well, think about yourself, Miriam. You you have a body. You have spirit, which is the energy that fills that body and allows it to do things. That's where the energy comes from. But then you also have a personality, which is your which is your soul that desires things. You you like to draw. You like to play soccer. You like to dance and listen to music. Those are things that some of your friends don't like. So even though they have the body that's made the same, chemically the same as yours, they have the same spirit that infills you with that energy. What they want to do uh, left to their own devices is, is not to draw or not to play soccer. It might be to play the piano or it might be to uh, go swimming. They, they, everyone has a different – that person's soul is different from yours. Now, I just described you on three different planes or three different factors that determine who you are as a person, but you're one person. And in that she can begin to understand concepts like the Trinity, which are very deep concepts. But if you, do, if you're afraid, if you're afraid to begin to think about these concepts, if you're intimidated by them to the point of where you won't actually begin the process of seeking in the word to get answers to these questions, you really are limiting yourself in terms of what you can know and what you can understand. And it's important even at a young age that we, that we face these things and we address them head on. Um, so that's the spirit and that's the approach that I'm taking as we enter into this conversation. And I, uh, I don't want to be a source of, uh, of confusion or a stumbling block for anyone um, but I'm hoping that at, when we finish this study, what everybody comes out of it with is a new desire to get into the Word of God and to uh, backstop their faith with new information and approach uh, questions that they maybe in many cases think there is an information in the Word of God about. Because I promise you, it doesn't matter what it is that you uh, want to know more about. 
you can find more of it in the Word of God, in the Bible, in these 66 books, than you ever thought. I'm, I never cease to be amazed by that. And typically here at home, we start with the Bible, and we start with an encyclopedia, um, which is just facts, and we match those two things up, and it's amazing what, uh, what a child can learn. So sorry to be so long-winded, but that's, that's, that's the uh, spirit in which I want to I take today. Well, Tim, that, that's the proper spirit. Let's let's uh, let's go to what you just described because it's it's on my lips. The second chapter of the Word of God to Colossae. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf, and for those who are at Laodicea. Those who have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, truly… After God has done with us in our mother's womb, knitting us together. We're not complete. He must make a new creature. We must be knitted together in love in the understanding of God's mystery in Christ. Everybody needs to take note that here I intended to say Laodicea as it is because Laodicea, of course, means the people of justice. I strongly suggest that everybody go take a look uh, at the Bands of Time YouTube. Me and Brian just did a video last night about Isaiah, the 21st chapter, and about people crying out for where is the God of justice. So I say that this is not only right on time, it's right on target, Thames. And make no mistakes about it, the age and the competence level of your daughter is irrelevant. She needs to be knitted together with us all. So at her disposal is everything AOD has. At her disposal is everything that Jose has and JMG and… All of us, that is required by the law that I just read. So this is, is as important as it gets. Thames? Amen. Well, um, before we get into it… Uh, John Gomez, AOD, uh, Jose, anybody have anything that, that, that immediately comes to mind with what Matthew or I just said? Uh, amen <laughs> to all, everything you guys said. Um, I think that's that's the reason why, why we're led to this study. So, JMG, any thoughts before we get into the Word? Um, no, just uh, amen to that too. But, yeah, that's how... Um, that's how the Holy Spirit operates. When uh, three or more are gathered together, we 
we tend to just flow. We don't uh, think usually. Uh, well, we do think, but it's usually God guiding us because I've noticed a lot of the times when we get together, um, we end up going off on whatever God wants us to talk about, and that's just how we. That's just how God rolls. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, AOD, last chance to jump in here. Nope, we're good. Let's ride. All right. Tim, you want okay. to start reading? And uh, see where we go. All right. Um, I'm going to start here in Zechariah 13, and the reason I'm going to do that because I want to get everybody's thoughts, and I think this, well, I know this is really the best way to describe um, or to or to begin a discussion on this subject. So Zechariah 13, uh, verse 1, and I'm reading out of the ESV uh, for no particular reason. On that day there shall be a fountain opened for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from their sins and uncleanliness. And on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will cut off the names of the idols from the land so that they shall be remembered no more. And also I will remove from the land the prophets and the spirit of uncleanliness. And if anyone again prophesies, his father and his mother who bore him will say to him, you shall not live for you speak lies in the name of the Lord. And his father's mother who bore him shall pierce him through when he prophesies. Um, I could read the entire chapter, but really focusing on verse one, um, what does that mean when I, when I say that, uh, that there will be a fountain opened up in the house of David and the inhabitants will be cleansed from their sin and uncleanliness. What do you think, uh, what do you think that fountain is referring to? Well, I'll, I'll jump in here right straight away. I, I, I know what this word for fountain here used is in Hebrew. It's makor. Now, when you are able to peer into the Bible source code and, and realize that uh, what Delich did with the New Testament has been absolutely ratified by two witnesses, I know that that is used in two verses in the New Testament, just as it's spelled here. It's used in Mark 5, verse 29, and immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. That is the exact tone and reference of which you just read in Zechariah. The second one is in John chapter 4, the 14th verse. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm reading out of... Um, uh, a new Bible today. It's called the Scriptures 2009. Uh, it's come at request. Uh, I've had some Hebrew roots siblings uh, get very fond of this translation, so I will use it on their behalf. Um, so that's what I'm reading out of today. But John chapter 4, verse uh, 14, But whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall certainly never thirst. And the water that I Give him shall become in him a fountain of water springing up unto everlasting life. I don't know about everybody else, but you know I'm sure that that uh, our brothers and sisters probably had other references come to mind uh, with that 
verse there in uh, Zechariah chapter 13. It's just that's what I immediately saw. I saw it. I already knew where it went. Um, the uncleanliness, everything that was just described is exactly what happens in Mark chapter 5. So, um, you know, that whole context there, starting in uh, verse 25 on down uh, to 34, is exactly what you were referenced here. And it bothers me, as I'm sitting here uh, looking at the footnotes, once again I'm completely amazed that I see no uh, no cross-references assigned to Mark chapter 5, verse 29 – Linking me back to Zechariah thirteen one, that bothers me Be- because I can see where it went. Well, I can see where it came from. Now, and and it really bothers me that when I look at that, I see no cross references back to Hosea the thirteenth chapter. Now, I, I mean, surely somebody down through the centuries could go either to the King James Version or something somewhere, because here, uh, in this Bible I'm looking at, it has a cross-reference to Hosea chapter 10, but that's not where that word is. This word is in the 13th chapter of Hosea, just like it's in the 13th chapter of Zechariah. And what does it say? Well, Hosea chapter 13, verse 15, though she bears fruit among his brothers… An east wind comes. A wind comes up from the wilderness, and it dries up his, his, it says his, fountain, and his spring becomes dry. It plunders a treasure of old desirable objects. So I will end uh, my thoughts right there. I went one previous And like I said, I just don't understand why the only cross-reference there was to uh, Hosea chapter 10 when clearly the fountain word used there was in Hosea chapter 13 verse 15. So uh, somebody else's thoughts on that. JMG, you got any thoughts on that that verse in Zechariah that Tim's read? Um, I just find it amazing how uh, usually um, whenever I see fountains, it's usually uh, – well, not fountains necessarily, but water itself, uh, it usually uh, you know, signifies life. And like Matthew was just saying, that, that, will, uh, that will be taken away. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it re- definitely the verse reminds me of uh, Revelation when the, uh, the river of life is uh, sprung forth. That's what – it leads me to remember, but that's all I got for now. Amen, amen. Yeah, when when me and Tim were, were kind of discussing this privately, um, I mean, our thoughts were immediately drawn to the fountains of the deep that are described uh, in Genesis chapter seven. Um, it pretty much seemed like like a parallel event, uh, a nice conic event, um, because of in in effect the floods cleansed the earth. And left Noah and his family, who were perfect in their generation, um, to repopulate the earth along with the animals he had gathered. 
but I'm sure we'll, we'll get into this, but as me and Tams learned, that that's a totally different Hebrew word in that context in Genesis chapter 7. And so what tracks along with what you were meant, the, the verses you mentioned, Matthew, was the one verse I found in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 18. And I'll read it for us. If a man lies with a woman during her menstrual period and uncovers her nakedness, he has made naked her fountain, and she has uncovered the fountain of her blood. Both of them shall be cut off from among their people. So right away, with the verses that Matthew read, and this verse here, puts, puts what, what God says in Zechariah in a totally different context. And, and Tim, I'm sure you have more to share on that, uh, where that led you after, after you discovered that little bit, right? Well, yeah, because literally um, I had uh, been familiar with a uh, fountain uh, there in Leviticus being a reference to a woman's uh, uh, cycle uh, or her flow. And um, when I, for some reason I was reading, um, well, not for some reason, I had read uh, Luke, the first chapter, and noticed that it mentioned 150 months, and then I was immediately drawn back to Genesis uh, chapters uh, 7 and 8 and noticing the overlap between uh, those uh, those two pieces of scripture. And then I was drawn to Zechariah, which is literally the what ties all of that together, because Zechariah is talking literally about waters, but he's also talking about um, the life that comes forth from a woman that, that is going to be used to, to redeem us. Uh, um, and that's that's it, it's talking about both those things. Um, there's a double meaning in that in that passage there in Zechariah. It's talking about uh, a child as much as it's talking about waters, um, which you know whenever whenever you're dirty, the first thing you want to do is you want to take a shower, right? Uh, uh, but if you really truly want to be clean, you need a, a redeemer, <laughs> and that redeemer comes to, from that flow. Um, and it's interesting, Matthew uh, referenced Mark uh, 5.29, and I started to see that last night. Um, and it's interesting that that woman had had that issue of blood for 12 years, uh, which would be 144 months. Um, so, again, uh, that child of the promise is, of course, the Christ, but we also know that we're waiting for another child, um, which is – the 144,000. Um, so we can see all of that there. Well, maybe I should have read the next verse because Hosea chapter 13, verse 15 puts the icing on the cake. Now, once again, I'm, I'm reading out a, a different translation today, so just uh, bear with me. It's, it's a little different than what you're used to hearing, but this is for our Hebrew roots brothers and sisters out there. They, they, they like this version, so I shall read it. Shomoran is held guilty, for she has rebelled against her Elohim. They fall by the sword, their infants are dashed to pieces, and their pregnant women are ripped open. Yep, yep. So if I would have read that very next verse, it would have put clarity to what you were trying to get at. But um, – Maybe I'll hold my tongue right there, Tim's. No, that's that's perfectly fine. 
I mean, <laughs> you've got the wind, you've got the uh, women being um, and the, the pregnant, the pregnant women. Um, that's what the Christ warned us about. Well, be to pregnant mothers and those, uh, you know, nursing children. Um, there it is right there, folks. Yeah, the Bible just kind of makes sense, right, guys? Um, I think I think that's what we see every time we look at it. It all it all really ties together. Um, and and when I start looking into the original languages, it just really it it opens up. Um, I always describe that that little game Minesweeper uh, on the computer. You click a little a little block open, and if it's if it's a, if it's an open block, if it's a free block. It's going to open up the rest of the map, and it's going to tell you which direction you can go to, to safely navigate the, the minefield. Um, and, and that's what we have a lot right now uh, in our churches. That's what we have a lot online. Um, lots of things that can lead us in the wrong direction. And when we really look at, look at, the, at the Word of God, you get a very, very clear picture of what it's pointing to, what God keeps repeating himself with. Um, keeps talking about the woman, keeps talking about the child, keeps talking about the rest of, of his brethren, um, keeps repeating himself over and over and over to lead us in that right direction. And, and this, this Zechariah and this Genesis study is just uh, just another example of that. Yeah. Um Anybody else have any comments before we go go a little further here? AOD, you got something on your mind? Nope, I'm good, brothers. Go a little deeper. All right, go for it, Tim. Okay, so um, the, the right way to do this, I think, is to start in the beginning. Um, I would like to... Yeah, I, I would like to go out of order and, and do Psalms 139, but I'll, I'll go in order and I'll I'll do Genesis 7. Um, but really, where Genesis 7, do yourselves a favor. If we don't do it properly here, uh, uh, you, you're going to want to read Genesis 7 and 8, and you're going to want to read Luke the first chapter and look for the overlap uh, because there is there is a overlap in that timeline that you're that you would not otherwise catch if you don't look at them together um but i'll just start here uh genesis uh chapter seven and read it then the lord said to noah go into the ark you and all your household for i have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation take with you seven pairs of all clean animals the male and his mate and a pair of animals that are not clean the male and his mate and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of all the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of the waters came upon the earth. Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood of clean animals and animals that were not clean 
and of birds and everything that creeps on the ground two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah, as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. In the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heaven were opened. And the rain fell upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And on the very same day, Noah and his sons, Shem and Ham and Japheth and Noah's wives, and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark, they and every beast according to its kind, and all the livestock according to their kinds, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, every winged creature. They went into the ark with Noah, two and two, of all flesh in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female, of all flesh went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. I'm going to pause here so we can comment a little bit on some of what what, uh, what we've just read, and then I'll, I'll finish the chapter. But thoughts, comments on what we what, what's been read so far? Did I lose you guys? No, Come on, still here. you're leading this show. <laughs> All right. Well, what immediately comes to mind? Obviously, you've got a, you've got Noah and his family, and the animals being taken into a place of protection because of what's about to come upon the earth. the The key phrase that 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 I saw that really hit me when it talks about the the says the fountains of the deep of the great deep burst forth and the windows of the heavens were open. I can't help but be drawn to what's described um, in Revelation. Those windows of heaven being opened, those angels being cast out, that great abyss being opened up, and those that are locked in the abyss being let out. That's what I'm immediately drawn to um, when I hear these words. And the very fact that Noah, along with those groups of sevens and those groups of twos that are taken into the ark, um, really spells to me a picture of that woman being taken to a place of protection, um, being removed from what's about to come upon the earth. So those are my immediate thoughts, and I'll stop right there, and I'll let, let others uh, jump in here real quick. Well, it's just amazing to me that the majority thought for the day is exactly the opposite of that. Um, it amazes me today that uh, the majority of uh, those people that study eschatology believes that the exact opposite of what you just said, Jose. Um, when it's quite plain and clear that Noah never went anywhere except in the water. Um, he didn't leave the late great planet Earth. He wasn't taken anywhere. There was a place that was prepared for him and his family that he went and he went right through the flood. As a matter of fact, he's the only one that went right through the flood, unscathed. 
And it's amazing to me the references that we had there in Mark uh, and you putting that to the book of Revelation, it most certainly is a most unclean uh, flood upon the earth once the occupants of the abyss is set free. Um, but it's just amazing to me that the majority thought is quite the opposite of the obvious, and I don't quite understand why, and I never have. But uh, somebody else jump in here. JMG, maybe? Sorry about that, guys. I was just uh, helping the baby find a book. Um, yeah, just like uh, Matthew said, it's just not how God does things. Uh, he gets us through things. He doesn't uh, take us away from the problem. He helps us... Uh, Endure it But uh, yeah I kind of missed a little bit Of what you were saying Sorry I don't have much more than that right now Well I'm going to I'm going to start with this Before anything happened The Lord said to Noah go into the ark And he told him exactly what was going to happen He said because in seven days I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights And then he said he was going to wipe out everything That was on the face of the ground um, to Matthew's point about what people teach or what they talk about, um, God doesn't do anything before he first tells his servants what he's going to do. Whether we choose to listen to it or not, whether we choose to believe it or not, is something else. But make no mistake, he has told us exactly what is going to come. The other thing that struck me when I read this was, and it was something that bothered me for a long time, is why did it take so long for Abraham and, and Sarah to have a child? Why did Isaac wrestle so long to have children? Um, those concepts bothered me. And then I was reminded about uh, what happened when they were in Abimelech's home and what the Lord did there when he closed up all of the wombs. And literally what this is saying here in Genesis 7 is, is that when those fountains of the deep, and we've already tied that to a woman's uh, flow, literally what this is saying in addition to the earth, uh, that context, what it's talking about is, the idea that uh, now, now the conditions are in place for um, that line to be passed down through, through the woman. Um, and we, we see that quite literally here. It is, it is said quite literally here um, in, this, in this context. Uh, when he says, all the fountains of the deep burst forth and the windows of heaven were open, those two things are related. And the rain fell 40 days and 40 nights, which is another point. Um, many people think that the flood story is, well, it rained 40 days and 40 nights. That's not where all the water came from, everybody. The water came from the bursting forth of the fountains of the deep. The water came up more so than it came down, um, which is a huge stumbling block for many people because they've heard the 
the idea that it rained for 40 days and, and the whole world was covered and they'll show you mathematically how that's really not feasible. Um, the reality is, is that most of that water came up out of the ground, not, not out of the sky. Well, one thing's for sure. Said event could only take place under one of two pretenses. Centrifugal force was increased, i.e., our revolutions per minute sped up, or, or our dimensions were reduced. Right. Thus, thus creating tectonic pressure, forcing the aquifers to gush forth. So it's either one or the other, or both in conjunction one with another, that would have caused this catastrophic gushing. Think of it like a sponge, ladies and gentlemen. What Matthew just said to you is, imagine you got a sponge that's full of water, because we know that prior to uh, this time that the waters came out of the ground and watered the earth. That's just the way it happened. Imagine if you've got a sponge which is damp, and suddenly the Lord squeezed it. Imagine what would happen. All of that water would burst forth out of that sponge. And in many cases, it, you can get violently, violently, you can see that water bursting forth out of that sponge if you squeeze it hard enough. That's, that's what Matthew's describing when he talks about the tectonic shift. And I would like to add a side note. This... Well, we can think about this a little later. Is this why the temple that we're going to inherit? And the Word of God is quite clear. He said that that temple would be used, the standard of measure would be the royal measure, which is exactly one-seventh. Larger than the standard measure So it might be interesting To hypothesize about such things But I think it's time for a break Or at least it is for me hey, Yeah we'll, we'll take We'll take a quick break um, But let me let me add just a little something On, on what Matthew and Tim are saying And how to tie this uh, This Noah story The flood story uh, Prophetically um, You're given to me, when I see the seven the seven pairs of clean animals, the male and the female, it immediately reminds me of the seven churches in Revelation. That that's what it puts my time frame. And of course, of the unclean ones, they're they're single pairs, um, which reminds me of the two sticks. So it's already put it me in indeed. that mindset of what of what God's talking about. This this parallel story He's given us, and then. You're given Beast time and the frame. false prophet. Given, How about that? Amen, amen. But you're given seven days before the flood. You're given the, the the waters coming up and coming down for 40 days, and then 150 days that the before the waters recede. Um, th- those time frames you can line them right up uh, with what goes on in Revelation, and it's it's pretty clear. That we should read this story, the, this this chapter in the Bible, 
with that intention for what God's trying to tell us about what is to come. So I'll give my brothers a little break here. Um, we'll have a little a little break to the little men's room, refill our, our coffee cups, and uh, we'll meet back up after after the break. So give us about a five minute break, gentlemen, and then and then we'll be back. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Perfect. Oh 
everyone we're back from our little break there um, getting my brothers back online from the break uh, our brother uh, John uh, AOD he has stepped out for a bit um, helping out a friend as always he is faithful and uh, I should have my brothers back online we got everyone back JMG Thames Matthew yes sir amen cool cool uh, JMG um, you didn't get a chance to respond before the break, so I want to give you the first bit here, um, what what we've been talking about, and any thoughts so far um, before we continue our study? Any thoughts of of how what Thames has read so far, how that ties back to what is to come? What are, what are your immediate thoughts? Um, well, uh, like I said earlier, that's just how God does things. He um, He repeats Himself over and over again, and uh, I don't know. I'm just seeing a lot of the times when it's talking about the floods and the water, and uh, it's it's a renewal of sorts. It seems like that's how God uh, tries to show us. But uh, yeah, let's uh, just keep going a little more, and uh, I'll uh, chime in. All right, Tim. Well, just um, just, just as an aside, but I mean, just off the off the side here, think of all the different times a woman's uh, a woman was barren. Um, we know that, uh, Sarah struggled to have children. Um, Hannah and Elkanah struggled to have children. Elizabeth struggled to have children. Um, Isaac and his wife struggled to have ch children. Jacob and Rachel struggled to have children. Uh, so Rebecca, Hannah, um, Sarah, and these are all important, um, matriarchs in in the timeline are they not um these are all very important figures um and they're all struggling to have children the fountains of their lifeblood is uh seems to have an issue right and and again what i initially str was struggling with was why was it why did it take abraham and sarah so long to become pregnant Why, you know, why did that keep happening? Why did, why did, why does that continue to happen? And, and literally it's, again, the manner in which you judge, you will be judged. The Lord had shut up Abimelech's, uh, the women in Abimelech's household's wombs. And that's literally what was done to the women in his household. Um, and it, well, it happens over and over. Well, I don't know there I don't know any other proper way God could teach us. I mean, Tim's, we've been waiting for how long now? 2,000 years? I mean, right. so I, I don't know in what other way besides coming right out and having a chit-chat with all of us one-on-one. -on -one, I don't know. Any other way God would teach us that, look, uh, the children of the promise will come, but it's going to take a while, and 
you're just going to have to wait for God's timing. That's just the way it is. And so just you saying that, I mean, who is before Sarah? I mean, who is greater than Rebecca? Right. I, I mean, for Pete's sake, where on you know, uh, the ladder of importance is Rachel, for Pete's sakes. Okay, how far up this food chain is Elizabeth? Amen. I mean, so uh, I don't know what other way God would be able to comfort the children of the promise other than this string of information, this it's coming, it's going to get here, and you know, just like the thoughts Noah had, you know, God tells him, hey, uh, you need to go get seven kinds of everything that's clean. And he did say beast. So that tells you right up front that we're going to have Americans and Russians and Spaniards and, 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 and Mexicans and Venezuelans and that already tells you that up front, but it makes you think of what Noah was thinking. Well, how on earth do you expect me to do that? But yet he did. He did, and you know, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't too happy about getting two kinds of every unclean thing, and he didn't understand it, but he did it. So I don't know what other way God could teach us that 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 you know this was going to be a whole lot worse than what Abraham went through or Jacob or anybody else. I mean, we've been sitting here waiting for two thousand years, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Anybody else thoughts on that? Well, well, Matthew, I think that that makes it clear. When you think about the, the the state of the church today and what what the different members of that body hope for, um, what they consider their redemption, you know, there's there's I mean we can go for days on the different theories and the different speculations about what is to come about the you know this group thinks this this group thinks that, but it's really just as simple as what Tim said. All of our examples. Of women in the Bible, they've been yearning for that child, that male child. That's the promise that was given to Abraham. That's where this all kicked off. That, you know, God didn't didn't make any grand, you know, he didn't tell Abraham the whole, what everything was coming about, you know. He didn't tell him about, about his son coming down and his son being the redemption for all, you know, it. He, he promised Abraham a male child. That was the child of the promise. And so what you were saying, Matthew, us in our waiting, in our enduring, in our being patient, in our hoping for our redemption, that's where it all comes from. The main example of that is, of course, Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of our Lord. But there's another male child that is to come. That's exemplified by the 144,000 uh, in the book of Revelation. That's exemplified 
by the book of Obadiah that is told to us over and over and over. And so if we as a body would just focus on those simple things, it will make all these stories in the Bible that much clearer and will really help us to understand what is to come. Just keeping it simple, keeping it at, at the beginning what God told Abraham. You will, you will have that male child. That, that that's that's coming in, and as long as you're patient and faithful, um, God will be faithful as well. Well, you know, Jose, this this reminds me. I can see a little bit further than the horizon uh, when it comes to the Hebrew, and you talking uh, about Emmanuel. Well, it's it's in a couple more verses than just in Isaiah chapter 7 and 8. Um, it comes up twice the sequence Emmanuel Elohim. I mean, I'm not joking with you. I'm looking at it. Those two verses are Exodus 20 and verse 19. Now, this translation, this 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 uh, Hebrew Roots translation, which is called the Scriptures, uh, 2009, it reads and said to Moshe, "You speak to us, and we will hear, but let not Elohim speak with us, lest we die." Well, that's not exactly what it says in the Hebrew. Like I said, right there it says Emmanuel Elohim, and this is how. The 51st Psalm starts out these seven short verses. Now, I'll read it to you in this translation. It says, O Elohim, save us or save me by your name and rightly rule me by your might. That's not what it says in Hebrew. I appreciate uh, what uh, this translation is, is, is trying to do, uh, but that's not what it says. It says, Emmanuel Elohim. It is the name Emmanuel combined with Elohim in the plural form. There is no getting around that. And there's no getting around what the book of Obadiah says, just like you said, Jose. There, there's just no getting around the simple fact that they will ascend Mount Zion uh, in a time that is to come. There, there's just no debating that fact. There, there is no debating that fact that uh, Revelation, the 14th chapter, is really quite clear. God's not debating with you on any stretch of the imagination that uh, these Moshaim, it's just Moses is plural. That's what's in the book of Obadiah. That's what the book of Obadiah calls them. He, uh, they're also called that in references to the judges that deliver in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 27. He calls them the Moses' plural, the Moshayim. But there is no doubt about it that the angels are very happy when this happens. This is why Gabriel told Daniel all about this time. Uh, that's why after you see in Revelation chapter 14 uh, that these uh, Moshayim – uh, these Emmanuel Elohim, uh, after they go to Mount Zion, uh, that's why you have there uh, verse 6, and I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven saying, 
having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live in the earth and to every nation, tribe, uh, tongue, and people. And he said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come upon him. And you made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of waters. Did you catch that? There it is again, the springs of waters. And another angel, a second one followed, saying, Fallen, fallen, is Babylon the great, she who has made all the nations drink of the wine of the passion of her immorality. So just take note uh, that <clears throat> we got a whole lot more bad things to happen. Okay? Uh, we've got Revelation chapter 15 to go through, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21. There's a whole lot of bad things that goes on after these Emmanuel, Elohim, after these Moshiim ascend Mount Zion. Now, I'll just go ahead and, and read, uh, because it's not very long, uh, the description here. Um, like I said, this is going to sound a little bit different to everybody uh, because uh, this is uh, the Scriptures 2009. It's a Hebrew roots uh, translation, but… Uh, I'll read for you the first five verses of Revelation chapter 14. When these things come to pass, when the book of Ob uh, when the book of Obadiah actually happens, and I looked and saw a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written upon their foreheads. And I heard a voice out of heaven, like the voice of many waters, like the voice of a loud thunder, and I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. And they sang a renewed song before the throne, before the four living creatures and elders. No one was able to learn the song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. They are those who have not defiled with women, uh, for they are maidens. Uh, for they are those following the Lamb wherever he leads them on. They have redeemed from among men, being first fruits to Elohim and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no falsehood, for they are blameless before the throne of Elohim. So I know that's a little bit different uh, rendering there, but um, it makes its point here that um, – Make no mistakes about it, that for the 1,260 days that precede Christ leaving Mount Zion and impacting earth and straightening all of our kinks out, he, he just made himself perfectly clear that for those 1,260 days, it was to be him and these 144,000 pine Mount Zion. Uh, he makes himself absolutely clear. So uh, I just wanted to interject that. I don't know uh, if I helped well, anybody out with those simple footnotes, but uh, somebody else jump in here. Let me let me just add something to what Matthew just said. I started off this study uh, talking about Zechariah 13, and I gave you um, something that I, I guarantee nobody understood. Um, when I said, and in that day that declares the Lord of hosts, I will cut off the names of the idols of the land so that they shall be remembered no more. And I will also remove from the land the prophets and the spirit of uncleanliness. Now, Matthew just talked about the 144,000 singing a new song. 
the song that is sung is basically the gospel. That's the song that's sung right now. The new song is something else new entirely, and you and I can't understand it, and we can't learn it. So if we're prophesying, if we're speaking, we're speaking falsely. Now, outside of me sharing that with you, I guarantee that most of you didn't understand why why being prophetic would be bad. But understand, this is a new age, a new age in which um, didn't how did how did he say it? It hasn't entered into the mind of man what God has prepared for them that love Him. Isn't that how he described it? Or am I saying that wrong? Oh no, you're saying that right, and. And that takes us back to, of course, Father Abraham. Okay, what must he have been thinking? Okay, what what must he have been thinking? Because God makes him this promise, and then he just, you know, it don't happen tomorrow. Right. I mean, God got so busy, he went ahead and wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah before he got around to fulfilling his promise. I mean, well, amen. it got he to the point. I mean, it got so bad that Sarah laughed about it. You know, she was right. so discouraged. She's like, "Yeah, right, Lord." Of course, that got got, got God's attention. He turned around and said, "Say what?" And where was she when she did that? Ah, yeah, she was in the tent. Right. And make no mistakes about it. It's a good thing she wasn't up in his face and laughed. Right. And I just remind God, her – no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, at that point, if she'd have been up in God's face, I'm sure that uh, either A – well, no, just just one thing could have happened. He would have had to revive her, her uh, because he would have blasted her from his presence if she'd have been up in his face laughing. So uh, – it just makes me think of us. We've been here 2,000 years. Tem- Look, Temps, I'm tired of waiting. Do you not understand what I'm trying to relay to you? Matter Amen. of fact, I'm sick to death of waiting. I'm sick to death of it. I mean, all the righteous people that I have known in my time, they've already been promoted to Abraham's bosom. I mean, I, in effect and to the point, I don't belong here. I'm out of place here. So, um, you know, you asked that question before, well, why? Well, I don't see any other way it could have happened but for Sarah to get so discouraged and to wait so long for God to keep his promise that, you know, I mean, she's sitting there in a tent. Thinking, yeah, yeah, you're going to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah, all right. Yeah, uh-huh, just like you said I was going to have a baby. But the wrath came first. God had to <laughs> – you know, it's, it's, it's always amazing, Thames, whenever uh, the woman first reveals unto her husband that she is expecting – What's the first thing that happens? What's the first thing the man does? Holy crap, let's clean up the magazines. We need to clear out a space. We need to prepare a place for the baby crib, right? Mm 
Right. I mean, I don't think I'm right. I've done it myself multiple times. Well, maybe we all should just look at what happened down in that valley of Sodom and Gomorrah to be exactly that thing. Amen. Anyway, enough of well, my about, emotional – how about the fact that uh, – what did he say? He said about this time next year. Um, how long was the flood? That event took a year and – a little over a year, right? A year and 10 days or so. So literally when he said about this time next year, that is the exact same sequence of time. And in the interest of time, I'm just going to give an abbreviated version of, of some of these events that you that people can read in Genesis 7 and 8. It says in Genesis 7, 6 that Noah was 600 years old when the waters came. Um, verse 11, the second month, the 17th day, the fountains burst forth. And it tells you that it literally, that all occurred for 150 days. The rain fell for a, for 40 days and 40 nights, but the fountains of the of the deep, uh, all that event was was the entire context of it was uh, was 150 days because he tells you again the second month, 17th day, 600 year, and then it says in, in Genesis 8:4 on the seventh month and the 17th day, so five months, five times three is 150. That's when the ark rested on Mount Ararat. That's five months. And by the way, if you if you read Luke, the first chapter, you'll see that Elizabeth kept herself hidden five months. That's the amount of time. Um, he tells you that uh, nearly three months Mary stayed with Elizabeth. That's that's how long she stayed with her. That corresponds with that moment in time when Noah opened up the window and lets out the raven. And sends out the doves. All of those events overlap. And the whole event is about 370 days. Which is again. Is what you'll see there in Genesis 17. About this time next year. Well then that. Must have direct correlations. With Revelation the ninth chapter. And the tenth verse. And they have like. Scorpions and stings. And then it tells, is there authority to harm men for what? Five months. Right. So we must have a direct correlation going on here. By, By direct correlation, yes. And let, let me go ahead and read the first five verses of Genesis chapter 8. Um, and it's going to track right along with what Matthew and Thames has been saying. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And God caused the wind to pass over the earth, and the water subsided. Also the fountains of the deep and the floodgates of the sky were closed, and the rain from the sky was restrained. And the water receded steadily from the earth, and at the end of 150 days the water decreased. And in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark rested upon the mountains of Ararat. And the water decreased steadily until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, 
the tops of the mountains became visible. Now that word tops in Hebrew is Rosh. And that oh, man. right along with Amen. those 144,000 that have been Amen. with God up on Mount Zion. That, uh, that become their, visible. Their, their authority being established. Being set That's, up. Right. That's right. That's, That's right. right. Because like I just read, they are established. You see them in Mount Zion, Revelation chapter 14. That's that. That's when you see them. Now it is. I'm, I'm required to. I'm. Re, I'm required to add this in because uh, I, I, we don't have time to do to Luke uh, the first chapter. But I would be wrong to not say this. Now Luke the first chapter verse 24. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, "Thus the Lord hath done for me in the days when He looked on me and took away my reproach among people." Elizabeth, of course, is the mother of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, of course, precedes our Lord and Savior. Because it goes on to tell you in verse 26, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this may be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will be no end. And that's exactly what we're talking about with those mountains, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. I get goosebumps reading it. Isn't this fun? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I um, forgive me for taking I'm all at- the oxygen out of the room, but, but I get goosebumps reading that because I feel things and I know things that I don't have words for. Um, and I know that really? I've probably read that in or heard it read in church hundreds of times, but it means so much more to me today than it ever did back then. I I uh, completely concur with what you just said. Um, I remember a time when I didn't understand what it was that Jose read, and then I took geology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here, let me reread just the first verse. And Elohim remembered Noah and all the beasts of the and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And Elohim made a wind to pass over the earth, and the water subsided. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you all know where the jet stream comes from, don't you? The only reason why we have wind and weather patterns is because we're off our axis, 23.4 degrees. The variations day to night 
and month to month repositioning the sun's, of course, epoch in our heavens. That's why the jet stream moves. That's what creates it. That's why there's a dead zone at the equator. Ladies and gentlemen, and this is why if Jose would have kept reading to verse 22, you are told quite plainly that from now on, uh, there's not four seasons. God really doesn't care what you say or what you think. That's all irrelevant to him. He makes himself quite clear at the end of this chapter that uh, there's seed time, harvest, cold, heat, summer, winter, and it shall not cease. That's six seasons. He said that because everybody knows that there's only one faithful witness in the heavens. That's the moon. It takes 59 complete days to make two full lunar cycles. You can't just have one moon because it's only 29 and a half days long. Perfection is met with the faithful witness in two months, 59 days. You all should know this. This is what creates the metatonic cycle, which operates at 19-year intervals. So you can just imagine the wonders I encountered with this very chapter once I got into an institution of higher learning and took geology. I mean, I couldn't see it when I was 12. Couldn't see it, didn't understand it. Until they taught me about the weather and about the different types of clouds and why the clouds are there, how it is they clump together. Because you realize, Thames, that if you're at a zero-degree axis, there won't be no wind. You will literally have climate control on this planet. Literally, you'll have climate control. It'll just like being in air conditioning. And take note, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, well, what does that mean for the Arctic? There won't be no Arctic because the sun will never set. At the North Pole, the sun will just go around the – it will stay on the horizon. It will never set. It will stay there. So anyway, I just appreciate what you said, how you – couldn't understand it in the beginning, but now it makes a whole lot more sense, and I just wanted to add that. that Oh, I appreciate what you said because as I learned these things and realized that I was such an idiot for studying the sciences because it was all right there in Genesis chapter 8. And it worried me because the Lord my God sent his son, and his son said this. You're going back to the days of Noah. He did say that, Thames. Amen. And as an aside, coming out of Genesis 7 and 8, what do you get? You get the nations of the, of the earth. The very next chapters are all about the establishment of the nations of the earth. All of that happened after the fountains had been opened up. Well, that's right. That, that's why there's a big consternation with 
so-called eschatological experts on, well, who's going to repopulate the earth during the thousand years of Christ? And they all just run around because they're like, wait a minute, we're not here, we're in heaven. <laughs> so what do they do? They just delete the millennial reign of Christ. They just lie and say Christ isn't coming back. Christ isn't coming to heaven. You're going to heaven. Right, which is why we need to go over to Psalm 139 because at the end of the day, uh, going back again to what was said – what did Sarah literally say? She said, well, I have pleasure in my womb. And that is in the Hebrew, I believe the word pleasure is the word for Eden, is it not? Ah, the shot across the bow. <laughs> and what was going on in Eden? He said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So literally, the opening up of this fountain, that's literally what you're going to see happen, is you're going to see exactly what you were ordered to do in the beginning. That is what's going to happen. May it be as you've said. Real quick, Tim, before you before you move on to Psalm uh, 139, I just want to track along with what Matthew said about going back to the days of Noah. If you read that, if you read what our Lord said there in the Gospels, and you believe it, then that should take you right back to Genesis 8, verse 2, and and you should just get a big, uh, big, uh, uh, oh, oh no moment. I mean, that's what, that's what, you, once you realize what, what Jesus meant when he said we're going back to the days of Noah, then you know the fountains of the deep will, and the floodgates of the sky will be opened again. And the rain will not be restrained. Going right back there before our Lord sets it all straight again. So it's just the Lord repeats himself. The Lord takes us back. He takes us around and around and around the ride. And, and he keeps um, he keeps hammering at home uh, what we need to be doing. So, guys, we got about 15 minutes left. Um, Thames, if you want to take us right into Psalm 139. And we'll go from there. Sound good? Okay. Um, I'm just going to read this. Actually, well, let me do this. Go ahead, Matthew. Here. This is what I want you to do. I want you to read one verse for every hour. How about that? <laughs> that would work. Oh, it'll work in ways you don't even realize, Tams. But I say we make JMG read it because he's like, you know, he keeps saying, oh, you know, I'll hang on, I'll hang on. I think he should read it. <laughs> well, be yeah, before uh, we read it, guys, his call got dropped, so I'm sure he's trying to get back on. Uh, but he's having okay. a little trouble uh, being out there in the in the in the remoteness of, of where he is. So go ahead, Tim. Before we read it, I just want to, as an aside, I want to point something out to people because we're gonna we're we're going to get into a little we're going to get into some uh, some abstract ideas here. 
hopefully. Um, so I want to, as an aside, I want to point to something in Scripture before we before we read Psalm 139, which in and of itself is breathtaking. Um, John, the first chapter, verse 13, says something very interesting. And this is actually I'll start in verse nine uh, here. Um, but I'm going to read this and then let's go over to, to, to Psalms 139. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He is in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Notice there that it's it's literally saying to you that children can be born of blood, of the will of the flesh, the will of man, or the will of God. And I bring that up because, you know, when you talk about Genesis 6, which was the whole reason for the flood, people really struggle with the idea that uh the sons of god coming down and taking whomever they chose and we've talked about that before and we've talked about the overlap with genesis 38 and about the spilling of the seed and how that is is really a commentary on, on what happened there in genesis the 6th chapter but understand ladies and gentlemen not all things that are born were born of God. There are things which are born, um, which are rooted in blood, which are rooted in the will of the flesh, rooted in the will of man, and then you have perfection, which are rooted in God himself. And it's important to remember that as we read Psalms 139. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I'll just uh I'll just uh start here at the top. Just one quick second though. I need to tell my daughter something. Sorry about that, guys. Okay. Um Psalm one thirty nine. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down, which are acquainted which and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot obtain it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day. 
for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I could count them, they, would, they are more than sand. I awake, and I am still with you. O oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! O oh, men of blood, depart from me! They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? Do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them as my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Once again, kind of sounds like those ones that's going up to Mount Zion, huh? Of course, now what he knows what he's now we know what the lamb is going to do for 1,260 days, don't we, Thames? Yes, we do. Amen. Good stuff, man. Bang up show. Bang up stuff. Any thoughts on on that, Jose? Well, just just those curious words there um, in the middle of the Psalms. I mean, obviously, like what Matthew was talking about. I mean, just starting off at let me just start off at the beginning. Um, my sitting down, my uprising, my laying down. Um, very clearly, very clearly talking about the way the Lord has a has this earth right now. Um, going back to the days of Noah, us being off our axis right now, and us being raised straight um kind of what what matthew was describing there when we were looking into genesis but when you get right into the middle discussing the mother's room discussing being curiously wrought in the depths of the earth yep um really really it's a it's a lot of things that that people don't don't think about and, and in a way it's kind of real amazing what, what God's saying here. How how we're formed, where our different parts come from, where our our spirit, our body and our soul, how those things are, are, are brought together. Um, and I know in our private conversations that we've been having Tim's to me it's been really just a lot of contemplation, a lot of uh, uh, <laughs> uh, just amazing um, thoughts that I've that I've been contemplating um, going through that. And of course, when you read this, you can only think about how God's going to set us straight, how God's going to set us right. We know right now our bodies are incomplete. We know right now we fall short because of our flesh. And once He sets everything. Sh- sets everything right 
you know, it's just it's just bringing all these thoughts up to me, guys. Um, what what God's saying here, and, and it's almost uh, uh, too great for words. Well, <clears throat> I like verses 17 and 18 how he makes himself perfectly clear, and I'll I'll read it in this translation because it says a little differently. And how precious are your thoughts to me, O L? How great has been the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more than the sand. When I wake up, I am still with you. Uh, did everybody like that reference to – ladies and gentlemen, the seed of Abraham is accounted in the authority structure is divided two ways, the stars of heaven and the sand of the seashore. Amen. And literally, by by saying this this way, by, by wording it this way in the Hebrew, of course, everybody caught that I said L because that's what this translation says. It doesn't say, oh God, it says, oh L. Linking you directly to the simple fact of the, as I said before, the Emmanuel Elohim. Uh, amazing to me. It's, it's, anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just shut up right there because I mean I could I could spend 5 hours right there. Um it's 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 beautiful to me that there is going to come those who's going to rule over me who is going to be made stitch by stitch as described in Psalms 139. And there's only one way to do that, actually. There's there's really only one way that they could be trained up as such. Um, anyway, good stuff, guys. Uh, had a blast. Well, yeah, and, well, and right there, what, what what you just mentioned, Matthew. I mean, it ties right into what Thames was reading in John's chapter one. Um, being born of blood, being born of flesh. Or being born of God. Saying almost the exact same things right there. Well, and he capstones it. Because that's how he ends John. John opens up talking about that. And he ends it. How does he end it? He he says um, that it would be impossible to contain all of the works in, in the book. Which is literally what what Psalm 139 is telling you. Well, even as I read, how precious are your thoughts to me? Oh, how great has been the sum of them. He <laughs> he puts it that way in Hebrew for a reason. I mean, and yes, that's why he ended John that way. You're supposed to realize that these things are they're going to be counted. Right. They're going to be numbered. Right. They have an equality. They have a sum. And that sum is in direct proportion to the counting of the sand. It's the same proportion. Right. Which so is it's, exactly it's, it's, what you saw there in the Gospels. Why were, why were Mary and Joseph traveling? They were traveling so they could be numbered. And what happened? There was no room for them in the end, which is a picture of what is that telling you? The stars had not been removed and been replaced with new princes. That's right. They hadn't been removed yet. There's no place for them there yet. 
Right. Right. It all it's, overlaps. It's, it all connects. <laughs> Guys, that, let's get let's get a, let's see if Let's see if uh, J&G or, or AOD have any thoughts. You guys want to jump in here real quick? We've got a few minutes left. Uh, we can go over if you guys want, but there's about three minutes left in the broadcast. Um, JMG, you got you got your thoughts on this? Uh, uh, you've been dropping in. And- that was, can, can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Okay. No, uh, yeah, I missed part of it, but, man, I never saw that connection where you were saying that uh, there was no place found for them in the end. I never saw that connection. That's pretty amazing. But, uh, yeah, uh, God's people are not to be numbered. We are uh, we're something unique. So uh, if you're numbered, you need to – I think that's something you need to watch out for, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah, you need, you need to check well, yourself. <laughs> yeah. well, the sand's only good for one thing. Now, now look, I, I'm not, I'm not saying it all. I'm not giving any bad connotations here, but you know, God's pretty clear. JMG, He says, "Look up to the stars, Abraham. That's where you know your seat is, and if you can number the sand of the sea." Well, the bride has to be somewhere, and she has to stand somewhere, and there's something under her and something over her. So it, it's not, it's not bad. You're quite right. You don't want to be counted as the sand on the sea. But we'll get to that soon enough. Well, literally, right there, again, I've said this numerous times, uh, right there in Genesis, uh, what does he tell you? That you're going to dwell in the tents of Shem. That's where J- that's where, uh, that's where Josephus is going to be. He's going to dwell in the tents of Shem. Um. That literally is marking out those boundaries. You know, we've we've talked about that extensively. Um, you know, Psalm team that the heavens, you know, it talks about the song, the song that they that they're going to sing. Um, Psalm 19 gives you all of that information. Um, and the woman, of course, sits beneath that inside of those boundaries. And that's that's where you want to be, man. Amen. That's where you want to be. Real quick, um, the guest calling is 347-215-6791. We might run a little bit over here. We're we're about at the end of the the live broadcast. Um, So I'm not sure how much longer my brothers want to go on. But AOD, um, I want to get you on here with your your thoughts. Um, You got anything you want to add? Let's go, AOD. I know. I know you got something to say. John, did, did you have yourself muted? Well, we asked him to do that so the echo wouldn't I'm, be there. I'm here now, guys. There you are. There you are. Yeah. Sorry thoughts, about John? that. I just I walked in the door. Did you? Okay. I heard the thing in the background going sixty seconds. <laughs> Well, you'll have to catch what we discussed uh, in the archives, but oh, uh, amen. You got you've got something you want to add? I mean, I know you you understand the general gist of what we're talking about. Um, you, oh, sure. You, you know you know what is to come. Um, 
we just read over Psalm 139. I don't know if you've had a chance to read that um, before the broadcast. You have any thoughts on that? Um, no, I don't have any thoughts on on that right now. All right, all right. I didn't hear the rest of y'all's discussion, so I don't know, really know what to say. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Thames, you, you got? You want to take us someplace else, or is this a nice little wrapping point? I think I'm good. I'm just going to go back and I'm going to reread here Zechariah 13, the first chapter. And hopefully the listener has stuck with this and hearing this, it might, I'm curious to hear what John Gomez, what you, Jose, what Matthew have to say now that we've gone through all of this, um, some additional thoughts. And I would also encourage people go and read um, the 51st Psalm. There's, uh, Matthew talked about it. I didn't get a chance to get into it, but there's a couple of the references that are very uh, neatly wrapped up in that, that particular psalm. But again, Zechariah 13.1, on that day, there shall be a fountain opened up for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them for the sin and uncleanliness. My daughter's helping me out. Amen. <laughs> Any any new thoughts? Cool. Any any new understanding? John Gomez, do you see anything more there than what you saw when, when we first started off reading that? No, not 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 initially. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I guess I'm not on it today. But uh, I didn't see anything too different. Let me see again. So somebody can go ahead. I well, I it, thought it, it was it, funny. Uh, Go ahead, Matthew. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just thought it was funny that Tim's thought that his daughter was helping him. That's that's funny. No, <laughs> you were helping her. <laughs> Amen. 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 <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of info that we covered today, um, and, and and a lot to process. Um, even though, you know, we've done we. Me and Tim have looked at this before the show, and we're discussing this on the show. There's always more that comes uh, after the show. Um, uh, Matthew, you can attest to that, how many times I've closed out the show and then sent you a note and says, oh, this is what God meant here. Way after the show, way after everything's been done, after I studied, you know, that with the particular chapters we're reading, and then and then it clicks afterwards, after we've been faithful to come on here and, and to present this to the bride. Um, and, and that's just, it's, it's wonderful when God works that way. Um, Matthew, any closing thoughts? My closing thoughts. I would hope that my closing thoughts are in direct proportions with my opening thoughts. I hope that I have not changed. I hope I have not wavered to the left or to the right and sometimes that can be a little bit more difficult than everybody assumes but this much is true that everything I read before there in the second chapter of Colossians May it be as I spoke beforehand, 
may may all those things come to pass. Um, may this broadcast be used to knit the bride together in love. I cannot stress that enough, and I don't know what other better way to put it other than the way he himself said it. But I would remind the listener of this, that there, of course, uh, it is stated uh, Laodicea, but remember that means the people of justice. I strongly suggest that you take a read of Isaiah the 21st chapter. Read it to the end because there's a message there waiting for you today. Jose? Amen. Uh, JMG, you want to take closing thoughts, say your goodbyes before we sign off? Um, I was What I was thinking about earlier is, uh, you know how we were saying that we were getting impatient, waiting for our Lord to come back. Uh, that's why we need to be exercising the fruits of the Spirit, uh, love, patience joy uh you know we need to be exercising this or not if not we're going to let this world get to us so uh that's what i have to close with just remember uh those fruits and uh do your best to produce guys uh do your best to love to uh to be humble to uh to care for others above yourself and uh just uh remember to take care of others first and god will take care of you that's all you really need to worry about Amen, John. John, thanks for joining. Um, we, we are to be about our Father's business. Um, that's the only way to endure until our, our redemption is here. AOD, um, cl- want to say some goodbyes? Thank you for joining us. God bless and Godspeed, everyone. Amen, John. Amen. Um, I want to share with a listener that, that AOD, John, John here, uh, affectionately called AOD, the Assassin of Darkness, uh, I only ever get joy from John. That's all I ever get from him. Um, that's he's he's so uh, happy when we get together. He's so happy when we speak. Uh, and so I thank my brother for that. I thank him for for being faithful in that aspect. Thames, you got some goodbyes to say? Well, I love everybody. I, I hope that we're um, getting you curious about the word. Um, there's a whole lot here, uh, particularly when you start to think about that you are spirit, soul, and body, and how you're put together. Um, you can begin to get some understanding about these things. Um, check out Luke, the 16th chapter. Matthew referenced Abraham's bosom. There are references in the Old Testament that you can find if you search hard enough. Um, you'll find them. If you need help, let us know. Um, but we love everybody. And really the purpose of today is, is really just to get you to start thinking that the Bible is bigger than you think it is. Um, and it has more to say about more than you think it does. And it can be a lot of fun. So I love everybody. Um, and God bless. Thank you, Tim. I want to thank my brothers for coming on and joining us today, uh, joining us in this discussion and giving their thoughts, um, adding to this fellowship here. If two or more are gathered in his name, boy, amazing things happen. That's what he's promised us, and that's what 
that's what is to come. Um, I ask that people, as they read through these passages and read through their Bible, uh, to know that it is true. And when you know it is true, then God will send his spirit to help you understand how it, how it is true. And that's all he's ever done with us here, with my brothers here and, me, and myself. Um, none of this comes through our natural mind. It comes through the understanding brought by his spirit. So I, w- I want to thank everyone for joining us. Please, please remember those that we prayed for at the beginning of the show. Please remember them and please pray for them. Um, that's probably more important than anything we discussed here today. So that's, that's a, on the front of our plate. So please, please do that for those in our family. Thank you, thank you everyone, for joining us. Um, Just we'll keep Matthew in your prayers. Pray for, his, pray for his hand. Keep Matthew's hand in your Amen. prayers. Thank you, Tim. So, folks, uh, good night. God bless. Godspeed. And we'll see you here again next time. Thanks. The Lord is my shepherd. I have no need. He makes me lie down and rest. He leads me beside waters of peace where my soul can be refreshed. He leads me down paths.